So let me, I'll be honest with you. This episode, I'm not quite sure where it went or where, where it's going. What do yeah. you think? Um, we kind of went all over the place. A think? lot of our emotions about pharmacy, I think. Yeah, I think we kind of laid it all out. Yeah. I do feel this sense of having to censor myself, even to this yeah. day. Even talking right now, I'm like, did I say the right word? Uh-huh. Did I, am I going to piss somebody off? Uh-huh. And it's like so <laughs> frustrating because this is my story. Why do I have to censor myself? I, I don't care about that. So I'm, no. I'm a little bit heated by it. But I'm so passionate about this. I, I don't. I can say <laughs> therapy. <laughs> therapy saved my life. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and I was going to go, regardless of what that meant for my performance. There, I was going to go, and I chose myself. I chose myself. Welcome to the Hey Friends, We Got This podcast, where we share our thoughts on the pharmacy profession, experiences as healthcare providers, and explore our identities as two women of color going after it all. As we share our stories, we hope you laugh, maybe cry, and feel inspired as you get to know us. At the end of the day, friends, we got this. We got this. (laughs) Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, too? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. I'm really yeah. good. I'm really wow. good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, what's going on with you these days? I know. Like, our podcast is out in the universe. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's been such an exciting time. Um. Yeah, so I'm really good because I was really scared to do this. Yeah, I want I want you to tell tell me about that because you did text me. What did you say in your text? And you said, I get really scared when I'm starting new things. Mm -hmm. And so then I wanted to explore that fear a little bit more. Yeah. And like and I think like when I was telling you about my fear, your initial reaction or like your thinking, it was kind of like it's going to be fine. It's going to do well. And I was like, oh, um, I'm not scared that it's going to fail. I'm scared that it's going to be like wildly successful. And like, you were so confused. You were like, what? (laughs) You were like, why would that scare you? (laughs) Well, I don't, I, part of it is like, I was like, oh, I didn't expect you to feel this way. Yeah. Because only because I also feel that way in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. it's that it's that fear of what if it does do well what's next yeah. what why do you think you get scared of that I don't know because I get so excited about the idea yeah and I get so excited about doing the thing and I spend very little time in okay what are all the ways that when the thing blows up I can I can really, really maximize that, that success and benefit from that traction and grow other things mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just a doer. Like I, I like think about doing it so much that I don't think about like, how do I leverage it and all that. Mm. So I get really scared that I'm ill-prepared for the success that's coming. Yeah. And do you think that sometimes that fear of maybe it 
will do well hinders people from doing things do you think because that's so counterintuitive right it really is it's all like it's mostly like well I'm scared it's gonna fail so I'm not gonna do it but then there is a component of I'm scared that it might be too successful and I don't know what to do with it yes like which is so strange which is (laughs) it's really really strange it's really really strange but it happens it does and I have not been I should talk to my therapist about it, I guess, because I haven't, I haven't explored it as to why does, because when I talk to people, I always tell them, okay, like you're thinking that what if it doesn't work, but what if it works? And like, you can see their eyes go like, what? I'm like, yeah. Like, what if it works? Cause I'm, I'm, I, I don't give things an opportunity to fail. If That sounds weird, but like I work really, really hard to make sure that it works. So why am I so scared that it will work? Yeah. I need professional help. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, but it happened to me too. Um, last summer when I started writing on LinkedIn, I started in June and then I think by September, one of my post went viral like massively viral yeah. to the point where I uh didn't expect and I'll be honest like it really did mess me up really mentally. yeah oh I was really about that. freaked out by it because you're like oh I'm just gonna be writing on LinkedIn and people like it but I didn't think that it was gonna be successful like mm-hmm. to the point where I think like more than a half a million people have seen that post, like thousands of comments, thousands of likes. I was freaked out, Sally, <laughs> because I don't think I was ready for that kind of attention because yeah. it's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself. It was pressure uh-huh. that I had put on myself to like, okay, well, now here's the momentum. This is my chance. If I screw this up, I'm never going to get this again. It's that mentality yeah. of, yeah and then and then also it's like oh my gosh so many more people are looking at me am I saying the right thing it's it's all of your insecurities Uh, like exemplified you know like magnified yeah as a person who just didn't think it was going to be that successful I I truly I I really did freak out I I had so much I just was not prepared my mentally I was not ready and uh yeah, it's taken me almost a whole year to really reclaim that um, that ability to like tr- do it again. And now I think I'm more ready for it to be successful because yeah. I've gone through that. So now yeah. I'm like, okay, if it happens again, I will not be putting myself under this pressure of like, this is my only chance now because yeah, that was what I put on myself. Everybody that oh. you know has seen my posts and all that, they were just like, good job. Like you're doing yeah. so great and I'm here like freaking out on the inside wow I would have yeah. never I okay this is so great I'm so happy you're talking about this <laughs> I I have never gone viral right so okay. I don't I don't know how I would respond to it because my relationship with social media is so weird oh <laughs> it's really weird um I I take a break like every year between April and like 
July, August, I'm gone. I look, I stay engaged um, because I do get a lot of like my up-to-date information, the people that I follow and things like that. I genuinely care about what they put out. So I stay engaged that way and I share things that are pertinent, but originally putting things out there, I don't as much in those months. Um, but I've never gone viral and I don't know, maybe that's why I'm also super like laxed with what I put out. Like, I just, I just say like, Hey, you trust me. You want to roll enroll with me. I'm, I'm really good at preparing people for residency stuff, but I don't, I don't really scrutinize it as much. So what you're talking about, like the day I do put something out that I'm praying it, it is something positive that that goes that like explodes half a mil. Holy cow. Like that's amazing. But like, yeah, that is like a real example of what I'm afraid of. Like <laughs> what if it's like super, yeah. super success? What if it does what I want it to do? Yeah. Exceptionally well. Yes. You but I think I mean? this happens to a lot of people who are just not ready for that because you do put a lot of pressure on yourself. Because imagine if this podcast goes really viral or yeah. something, you know, it blows up and we get all this attention. You do feel this level of like, now the pressure is on, now the heat is actually on because we're just kind of, you know, we're doing this. This is fun for us. This is what we've always wanted to do. But now it's like, we're going to scrutinize every episode that we put out. So yeah, yeah it's it's so crazy. And and then you self-sabotage, which is something that I, I feel like I did do. And this is a topic for another day, but yeah. So our fears around this. Our fears around this. It, but I think also what I'm really proud of us, like, I feel like yeah, we've acknowledged that we we were on the verge of choking and like not doing this, but, and we're not here because we're not scared. Like we are figuring it out, right? And we're not like doing it because like all the fear is gone. Like I'm still nervous. I'm still scared, but it feels so good. It feels so right to be doing this and expressing myself in this way and sharing about myself in this way mm -hmm. that I know what we are doing is right. Like, I know that this is, this is a great thing. Like, it's not just a good thing, but I think this is a really great thing. And that courage and, and that feeling that I have where I know that this is something I absolutely should be doing is what like kind of kept me wanting to move forward. And it's not absent fear, you know? Yeah. And it's the response has been great. Like, you know, it's been encouraging. People are reaching out and people are very encouraging and supportive. All those things that you hope with anything you create. I don't care if your post is one line or a whole page. Your hope mm -hmm. is that what you're putting out is received exactly the way you meant it to be received and to have us, you know, these initial feedback to be like, yeah, that's exactly what we're getting from it. It's, yeah. a it's, it's, it feels good. I, I realized something. I think we got a feedback that we're supposed to introduce ourselves in the beginning of the episode. We did not So 
we are not professionals, but that's We're okay. Um, but I guess if you guys don't know who we are, you stumble on this episode that has been a couple of minutes long already. Yes. <laughs> My name is Thu. Yes. And that's Sally. That's me. That's and me. That's who we are. That's, that's who we are. If you can. and yes, we are pharmacists, but yeah. that is not what this podcast is about. No, it is yeah. not. And and I think you know we 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 talk about we talk about a lot of stuff, but this is not the podcast where you're coming to grow yourself as a pharmacist. <laughs> Then why am I here, Sally? Where am I here? here. You are here not to learn how to dose anything, how to spell anything, what to look for, how to properly structure a patient case presentation, um, how to write, how to write an IRB, submit an IRB for, that's not what you'll get from this. I'm sorry. There are plenty of them out there and I'm so proud of the profession and all those people that put a lot of work and time into creating that. Here, what you'll have is two people that are just sharing with you about their life experiences, the things we have done, the things we wish we did differently, um, things that have happened to us that has or hasn't affected us, how we've been rerouted, um, doors that were closed that we thought it was the end of the world. And it turned out to be the best exit off the highway we could have ever taken. But that's our hope that you're here to learn from us and what we've done or what we didn't do and how we did it so that it's a little less painful for you <laughs> so yeah. that you you do the things we didn't do, like really pause and celebrate your wins, um, really stop and, and take a look and be like, man, I did that. Like, <laughs> that was, that was bad. Like I, I just did that. Um, and, you know, pause, take a deep breath and, and, you know, have kinder conversations with yourself and, all future episodes we'll talk about <laughs> things that we'll dive in in more detail. Yes. Um, you know, I think maybe, I think that pharmacy, one of the things that we want to stay away from or the thing that makes us different would be mm -hmm. that we are not hiding behind the pharmacist title. And even specifically, you know, in pharmacy, a lot of your worth is based off of your merit in the sense that how many letters do you have behind mm -hmm. your name? And we're not interested in that. Not you know, really. pharmacists, we are often in school are taught to look up to your teachers, the people in leadership, organizations, all of this stuff, which is great. And they have a lot of things that they can teach our profession and, and the pharmacists. But at the same time, pharmacists are the people on the front line of this profession, like the day-to-day, -day, the people who are working, the people who are seeing patients, the people who are struggling with managing all of it, yeah. dealing with inadequacy feelings, feelings of just, yeah, not being enough. Like who who's representing those voices? I don't see any of that mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. void that we're trying to fill here is creating the community where you can come and listen to us as we talk about failure, which is something that this profession does not talk about a lot. We tend to brush a lot of it under the rug. And then it leads to a lot of 
resentment towards the profession that leads to a lot of toxicity that's in the workplace. This is why I'm doing this, at least. You know, this is why that I feel very strongly about putting something like this out. Let me talk about my failure. Let me talk about my journey. And then maybe somebody can then see themselves in this story and know that they can get out of that too. Sally and I have been through a lot already, you know, in our 10 years of our career. This is the place for the people who want to hear the everyday pharmacists talk about their journey and allow us to be honest too. Yeah, I do feel this sense of having to censor myself, even to this day, even talking right now, I'm like, did I say the right word? Uh Did I, am I going to piss somebody off? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like so frustrating because this is my mm-hmm. story. Why do I have to censor myself? Like it's mm-hmm. so frustrating. Yeah. So I just want people to like hear this and know that your voice matters too, just because yes. you don't have all these credentials. Like I I don't care about that. So I'm no. I'm a little bit heated by it. But I'm so passionate about this. I, know. I don't I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Like, look at me when I say this because I I don't want to like I just want to make sure that point is so clear. Yes. This is why we're doing this. This is the void that we found. Yes. And we're trying to fill it. So yes. anyways. Oh no. I I no no. Like if you're watching on YouTube, you can tell that both Thu's voice and her body language, they match. <laughs> they match. Those are signs. That's a sign that she's not faking. Like th- this is pure authentic. Like that came from a real place, right? But I'm not going to echo any of what you just said, because there's nothing to add. It is right on the nose. It is exactly what like my sentiments are. And I just really don't think we are the only two pharmacists that feel that way. We're not. I don't believe it. (laughs) People just don't feel comfortable. So people don't feel comfortable. Speak and see where this goes, you know, where it goes. And I, I, I say this a lot. I am in it to make, so for pharmacy belongs to all of us. This profession belongs to all of us. It belongs to all of us. It is not for a few people or a few elite groups to set the standards and define what it is to be who we are and how we show up in it. It belongs to all of us. And so for me, what that means is, I have a responsibility to do my part within it to change, to address, to bring attention to issues when I see them. What I haven't found a lot of is when I do that, to have that welcomed. That's what I haven't found a lot of, right? So when, when, when pharmacists bring, when we bring attention to certain issues and we raise awareness about certain issues, I want the profession to be a safe place for all. And that's like what I've been saying a lot lately because it finally occurred to me. Yeah, it is about making it safe for all of us to Mm -hmm. express ourselves freely because no one gets into this profession because they hate it. Like we are all here because there's a component of it. We love for that reason, we have to engage with it. We have to do our part to raise awareness and get together with people who have that interest of fixing issues, addressing issues, or even if it's just developing resources to assist the people that are having those challenges. Um, 
And I think that this is like a great segue into like what just happened. Yeah, I was just thinking that. (laughs) Right? Like, because I was so encouraged, like I I had chills when I saw it. Um, So this is American Pharmacist Month. And I know as a student pharmacist, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it was a big deal on campus for us. We planned huge health fairs. We planned huge community events. This was our opportunity to let the community um, on the Eastern shore of Maryland know that there is a school of pharmacy here that is putting out all these highly educated individuals that are going to be a part of their community to help advance community health, right? We were so proud of this. And October, like that was our moment to be visible on campus in our white coat doing various different things. So ASHP just um, designated September 20th as the Pharmacy Workforce Suicide Awareness Day. I can't tell you how happy I am to know that, like, I know some people's thinking is, it's just a day, so what? But you have to understand that it is a day now that didn't exist before. It is a signal, it is a sign that this is not a neglected area, that ASHP, that some that people have done something to make ASHP aware, to make APHA aware that we have a problem in the healthcare field in general, but in pharmacy in particular too. Like that problem that we're seeing in, in healthcare in general, that it also exists in pharmacy. And there's a need for resources. There's a need for training to help preceptors and pharmacy education identify and recognize when they are having a learner that is having challenges or or if that preceptor or that pharmacist themselves is having challenges that this is a profession that is safe where they can be open about those challenges and have the assistance that they deserve and need. Um, this is a cause that is so close to my heart, um, because my challenges, my first, like my revelation that I had challenges with mental health happened during residency, right? And I had nowhere to turn. I had to take responsibility for it on my own and seek the help. And while I was seeking that help, like residency doesn't stop. There are always other things going on too. Um, but if it weren't for having co-residents that just listened, they didn't know what I was going through, but they listened and they were kind, I wouldn't have made it. I was away from my family dealing with real issues, like real life issues and being hospitalized after only two weeks of moving drafting a letter of resignation and then changing my mind. Um, it was hard, but ASHP was one of the first places that I went looking for resources and didn't find it. Yeah. You That's know? wild. So a lot of mental, it was it more mental than physical. Like what kind of help were you seeking? Yeah. I, I just wanted to know, like, 
if I needed a break because I felt like mentally I was falling apart, how do I do that and not jeopardize my, my residency? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it sounded in my head, like such a stupid question. Like it was, what do you mean? You can't take a break and do a residency. Um, and so I ended up just turning to the transplant team where I was and ask and telling them like, I'm struggling. Like I'm on ungodly amounts of prednisone and it is messing with me hard. Like I am not sleeping. I am not like, I am not okay. So this was meaningful to me. Very, very meaningful to me because, um, you know, it, it would have been good to, to, to just have the resource there at that time, you know, but yeah, I mean, where else, like if you're a resident and just in general, if you're in pharmacy, where, where are you supposed to find these types of resources, you know, especially in a resident where you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of that financial support and you are struggling massively, but you also feel like I can't quit because this is the beginning of my career. Like, how can I do this to myself? You know, there's an immense pressure that's put on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we do look to these organizations to make these types of changes to help us. Like that's what we would assume. That's what these organizations are for. If they're not there for that, then what are they doing? Yes. But to support the people who are in the profession and to in help develop us. So, Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, I, I, I just, I felt, and it's very isolating. Um, you know, that, that isolation is the dangerous part. Like that feeling of it is only happening to me type thing. Um, but like, and like, that's what I say, therapy, <laughs> therapy saved my life. Seriously. Yeah. Um, because during that year of residency, I just made a commitment that I was not going to give up on therapy. I was going to go and I was going to go regardless of what that meant for my performance there. I was going to go and I chose myself. I chose myself and I don't regret it one bit. It it made the year hard, but I am here to talk about it. Like yeah. I am here to talk about how hard it was <laughs> compared to the thoughts I was having at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, I don't regret anything about how that year went because I chose me. I chose to take care of myself. Um, and it's why like when residents reach out and people inbox me about their ordeals and what's going on and how they're this and how they're that they'll all tell you (laughs) my advice is like choose you like choose you there is no expiration date on when you can do a residency there's nothing that says that because you can't finish this year you can't come back the following year and reapply to do like we have that privilege like people go practice pharmacy for five years come back and do a residency yeah right but you want to survive this this is worth surviving. You you want to get through what's happening so that you can come back and focus on your career however you need to focus on it. And um it's 
I mean, it's this is why awesome. <laughs> I think this is why you say that pharmacy is what we do, but that's not who we are. Don't make no. sacrifices on your own life yeah. to fit the profession. It's yeah. For me, it's just, you know, I never had the thing is I never had um to go through such a mental struggle yeah. during residency. I definitely went through a lot of insecurities. There's definitely yeah. struggles there, but it was never to this extent. So it's hard for me to to say or to give my points, but I still do believe that if you're struggling so hard, if you're having all these panic attacks and anxiety and you just don't feel good yeah. in your own body, yeah. I want you to be okay with just stepping away. Like it's painful. It's heartbreaking. It's not easy, but choose you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this is why, again, like I, I really think that, like you said, this could be a, a place for that safe space. You and I are going to be very raw and honest. We're not afraid to talk about these challenges. No. And we want to uh, share our stories because I think it will bring, it will allow people to feel not so alone. And that's truly like the, a huge goal of this podcast for yeah. sure. Um, if you like everything you're hearing on this podcast, Please check out my other podcast with the Pharmacy Podcast Network. It's called The Road to Match Day. It's the Resi Prep 360 podcast. It's available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Um, there's a component of American Pharmacist Month, though, that I I always think like it's such a good time to like highlight different people that have made like great, great, great contributions. And I always think about like pharmacy history and stuff like that. Um, I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on representation? In pharmacy? Yeah. <laughs> I think I brought this up once. I don't see a lot of um, Asian female leaders in pharmacy that I can look at and I can see and look up to. And what what I also mean by that, too, is I have met Asian leaders in the profession, but I don't know if I necessarily look up to them as yeah. well. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Um, I feel like when I look at, you know, management or in general, the people that are, you know, levels above me, there's just something very, I don't know. It's hard for me to connect to them. Do, yeah. Does that make sense to you? I'm not sure if, if oh. you can relate. Oh, oh, oh. I, I feel like there is this degree that it's like you have to kind of be very cold or something yeah. to, I don't know but and I, I, think... I can say the word conniving I don't know is that yes. a little bit too strong <laughs> or shrewd <laughs> yeah I feel like there is that degree of like d I don't know I would say I have not trusted some people yeah. in the past and I'm yeah. not saying like it's because they're Asian or because of whatever but I just can't relate to you because yeah. I don't trust you okay yeah. there you go I said it what more can I say I don't I don't think that you have my best interest in mind you have your yeah. best interest in mind Enter okay there you go I just I said I, it dude I just love I, the way you is, say things it's it's not I, I'm like 
it's just the way you say things. It's so funny, but like I know exactly what you are talking like, about. Like I can't, though. I can't go around this anymore. I can't go in more circles. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm, I I'm try. gonna be honest with you. There are, and there are people that are, you know, my supervisors and managers that I actually love and adore and trust. So I'm not saying like I don't like, you know, management <laughs> or whatever. But there are specific people that I'm like, I don't know if I trust you and therefore I don't see myself in you. So yeah. that's, I don't know, maybe that's the representation that you're hoping to get from me. Oh, <laughs> but that's my experience, man. No, 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 no. You're completely right. And you know, I think that we talked a little bit about this, like in episode two, where mm -hmm. we talked about pharmacy school and how I was so encouraged and inspired to go to pharmacy school because of where I was working as a pharmacy technician. And I was surrounded by young people that were so bright, um, that were so smart, that had become pharmacists so young that I was like, I'm smart enough. I love what I do enough. I think I can do this. And that attitude helped me get into pharmacy school. And once I was there, I stepped up for leadership positions. And But what I started realizing that with each leadership position and the more, the further I went for nationally, the less they look like me. Oh, right. The, yeah. the less yeah. they look like me. Yeah. Um, and these like, this is more of how I was back then, right? How I showed up back then. I showed up as me because, you know, showing up as any other version is too hard. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's too hard. It's it's a lot of work. How like, do you show up as somebody else? Like, I don't, I don't know if I, I know how. I don't know how I can. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't. It's like like I see people morph like literally they morph the moment someone else steps into the room they're like a different version and I'm like whoa who is that I kind of sometimes wish I had that a little bit because then I could be a little bit more like you know like what's the word I don't even know but I don't know I don't know if it's called code switching I don't know what it is like sometimes even over the phone and we used to tease this one person uh where the person that she is on the phone, that's not who she is. Like she has a customer service voice <laughs> and we used to always tease well, her about it. Hey, Sally, I have, you know, we have a podcast voice too, though. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we don't. <laughs> we want to, but we don't. <laughs> but I loved, like I stepped into those spaces so confident and so comfortable. And I think it's, it's maybe it, I think about it. Is it because the group I was with, they were so like they were, these are some of the most amazing people I've worked with when I was serving like in my regional role with APHA ASB to this day, when I see them, it's still love. It's like, oh, like, you know, like we call ourselves the little husbands or whatever, but it's always good to reconnect with them. But then you start learning the history of pharmacy and like the first black APHA president and the first black and Virginia just elected their first black association uh, 
president. And I'm like, it's 2023. Why are we still having the first black anything in a profession that is like, how, how old is pharmacy? I don't know. Like over a hundred years old. So yeah, I, I do take a little bit of an issue with that. Like I want there, I don't want there to be any more first. I want to see women, black women, Asian women, native American women, white women. I want, I want a picture to be published of the top women in the profession and that to be an accurate representation of the world around me. I want to see the world I live in. I'm just, and I feel like at times I have not seen that. I have not seen that. I don't know if there's anyone to blame for that. Um, maybe, maybe I step up, right? Like maybe I step up and be X of whatever board so that I surfaced on that, on that board, like, like, like do what you want to see in the world type of way to go about it. But there's a lot of power in seeing yourself in other people. It, it, it demystifies it for you. Like when I saw like LB Brown, like be president of APHA when I was a final year student pharmacist. And I was just like, I think I want to be president of APHA someday, but it gave me that permission to have the audacity to aspire to that. Like to be like, yeah, I could totally be president of APHA one day if I wanted to. Um, I think I have great ideas and I think that I could really do it. You know, like, I don't know if that's still a goal, but that's what like representation does. It, it makes people, it makes people, it emboldens people to have these dreams they didn't even think they could have. Type 100%. Of you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just, I'm extra. So I don't know if APHA is ready for an extra. That's present. what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> what's holding you back from trying to be APHA president? Because for me, I see the, the opportunity or like the option to, I, I, I'm not going to say like, <laughs> oh, I can never do that because I know that I can, yeah. but I also know that doing it requires a lot of time, effort, money. Yeah. And also that that thing that we just talked about, which is now you have to develop this persona of a yes. pharmacist leader. Yes. And I'm like, do I, do I have is it? that me? Yeah. Do I have that ability to do it? Because I just came on this podcast and I just said, like, <laughs> basically, I don't trust my my supervisor sometimes, you know, like, is that <laughs> going to be? But, <laughs> but you know, the people that are going to be first in line to cast their ballot for you are also the masses who absolutely can't relate and or trust their managers. You are not alone in thinking that, right? But but it's like, is there is there anything out there that managers even feel like it's beneficial for the workplace to relationship build with their frontliners. It is it, like, I don't, I don't know that there is, or there isn't, but like for me, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm leading a group, the first thing I want to do is relationship build. It's very important to me to know the people that I work with 
because I find that influencing, helping people, shared vision, shared mission, all these things come into focus so much easier when I know what people care about, when I know what's important to them and I know what they want and what their goals are. But to come in and just say, it's going to be one, two, three, four, and five, and a summation of eight, nine, seven, and 10, and we're going to subtract that from option one. And you're like, wait, what was step one again? Like, I'm completely lost. You know, it it's, it's a real thing. And I, yeah. I, I talked to like one of my mentors about this. I feel like sometimes I, I can be viewed as like overly ambitious, but it's not that I'm an ideas person and that haunts me at work. I see a problem. I immediately am thinking of ideas and ways to solve it. That hasn't necessarily always been the best thing for my manager because I'm putting something on my manager's plate to say, hey, you need to go advocate for us to do this. <laughs> and they're kind of like, I don't know. The Band-Aid is sticking on really good. I don't, I'm not interested. You know what I'm saying? Um, and That's it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It, it, it's, it's hard it's, when you're like, hard. there's so much to change. And then, but they also have their own, um, their own people that they have to please as well. They but, have to please and they have to report yeah. to you and get permission. But, but to go back though, so what is holding you back, I guess? Because you kind of mentioned like, oh, I don't know if APHA would want a personality like this, but <laughs> I'm just curious, you know, because you're super ambitious and you have the skills, you have the look at Sally you. for president, Sally for APHA president. Can we? Can we? Can we start Sally a campaign today? APHA. Listen, I, I would probably be the first person to start laughing if I saw that poster. I would be like, there's no, I'm like, I'm just here for the food. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be you. <laughs> yes, please, please be you. Hi, everyone. I, I heard there was free food, so I showed up. <laughs> That's why I'm the president. I hear there's free food for the I rest of my life. free food. And so I came to, but it's and like I I talk about like you're probably like people are probably like why is it always APHA like I was involved in SNAFA as a student pharmacist Kappa Psi APHA like uh professional organizations a major place of passion for me you were Kappa Even, Psi uh-huh please don't tell <laughs> me you're PDC oh my god all right oh come so how did we not suss this out from the beginning <laughs> yeah we we can't do this <laughs> <laughs> no, that, should, that should have been the first thing we do first thing. is our secret our fraternity side. We didn't suss that out. We're learning about each other in front of everyone too. Oh my. But I I talk APHA because it was the organization that invested in me the way I invested in them and that's the organization where I grew. That's the organization where I learned about all of what is possible for me if I actually had the courage to go after it. I know it, the way I know APHA, I don't know any other organization that way. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm passionate about everything and furthering everything. But it's just like that that I got to I got to meet so many of the leaders and so many of the people that have been decorated with them. And they were all such phenomenal people that 
to this day when I see them, like I say, like when I see all these people, it's so much love. Like we are like right back to 2014 and 2015. Like we're just, it's always love. And to me, professional organization, pick one. If you're a student pharmacist, pick one and give yourself to something, give yourself to it because they give back. Like they give back in a big, big way. They, they will help help you grow and help you build a network of people that will invest in you. Um, so with, with like pharmacist month, the legacy that I think is very well undisputed about pharmacy is that pharmacists, they go hard for their own. The lines get drawn. We figure out who our people are. And then it's like, they will, we will show up for you. We will support you. We will defend you. And you just better pray you're with the right side. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm scared. What side am I on? <laughs> you are on the outside. We're watching. I that. I am. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Wait, he's like, wait. Sally and am I, I talked about this. No, 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 no. Sally, on the outside? Sally and I talked about this because I was telling her because you know Sally just comes to me and she's like, I have all these ideas about what we can talk about, like American Pharmacist Month and all these things, and I'm just like, wow, yeah, I don't, I don't know any of this, and I think it's because I do tend to separate myself a lot from things that feel overwhelming, things that feel like I have no control over. I, the the easiest way for my brain is to just like, you know, compartmentalize and just say, mm-hmm. I'm living in my bubble. That's too much. And I can't handle in a way it's good because then I can keep a lot of my mental peace, but in a way it's really bad because people think that I am not up to date or people think that I don't care, but I really think it's part of that protection because if I am aware of all of these things, I just start to feel, and I think the pandemic kind of did this on me too, but I just start to feel like, like helpless. Like I feel like I can't do anything to fix anything. And then that becomes a spiral for me. So I've kind of in a way chosen to maybe step away and back off. And I've done this since childhood. I mean, there are moments where my parents are like, you don't care about this stuff. And I'm like, I just don't know what's going on. And they're like, how can you not know what's going on? I'm like, but this is how I keep my peace though, you know? Yeah. So it's it's not the, the greatest thing to do, but it's also, yeah, it's really hard. So, but you know, I don't what know works most. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, what works for you though, you know, like, because I stay in tune like I, yeah people share it with me or I go looking for it like I want the information and let me tell you it's hard it's very difficult it gets unhealthy hence the break I take and just disappear yeah sometimes it gets really hard because some of the messages I get and the emails I get I know that this is probably the only time that this person is going to lay it out because they've probably, I'm probably the first person that they have had the courage to tell how they feel. And so the emails are long because they want to paint a really detailed picture for me about how they've gotten to where they are, to the decision that they've made, 
or how, why they're struggling with the decisions that they want to make. And I read some of them and I'm like here, like with my husband, I'm like, oh, Henry, I don't know. What to and he's like, I don't know. Just reach out and get on a phone. I don't know. Do something. But we don't know what to do. Like, I'm not a trained professional. So it, it's, I don't know. I, I want to start practicing that. Like, <laughs> because like that, that, that safe distance it's, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think like it's highly healthy, dude. I think it's very, I, I, I think I had to learn that Sally. I know that I, sometimes you do send me some of the screenshots that you get of people just telling you what they've struggled through. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's a lot of really dark stuff, Yeah. you know, and it's part of it is I understand completely that you care and you want to help support them. And I, this is what happened to me during the pandemic. I, like, I truly was like, there's so much that's wrong in the world. Yeah. And I felt this like pain and like, I, I can't even explain it. And I basically, I just felt like completely useless and helpless and hopeless. Like it was like probably the most depressed that I felt in a very long time. Just like I'm only one person and I see yeah. people dying day in and day out. And then I see yeah. people outside of the hospital telling me that nothing is happening. Yeah. And and then I see like racism going on. Yeah. I see pe Asian people getting hate. I mean, ugh, yeah. I, as I'm talking about this, it's like my body is tingling with the, just the sense of like, I can't do anything. So then I'm not going to do anything like and I had to learn in that moment to just like I need to just find a, like a way to separate myself because I can't save everything. No. There's no way. But then maybe I pull myself way too far back. And then I'm like, what is going on, guys? <laughs> like, I'm completely <laughs> oblivious. And then I that's not where I want to be either. I think there has to be a, a safe balance. But I understand that pain that you feel when somebody tells you like, I'm struggling so bad, but you can't do anything about it. Like, what yeah. can you do? Yeah. And if you let yourself consume in that, that other person's emotion, then you can't really, then both of you now are. Yes. Useless, Which is what happens know? because now I'm crying to my husband and he's kind of just like, okay. I, and you know, mentors help like asking them and, and like, I see ASHP put things like this out. So I know that there's work happening and resources that are going to be forthcoming to help with this. Um, and I always just, when I circle back to them, I always tell them what my story, what my experience was. Like I chose myself. I really, really chose myself in my life and decided that I am going to survive this. This is not how this is going to be, this is not what's going to be the final chapter of my book. In my book, this is going to be that chapter that the reader is going to struggle getting through, but there are better chapters coming. <laughs> Just don't quit. I won't quit. You won't quit. Nobody's you won't quit. quitting. Yeah. If you're, if you're reading my book and when you get to this little phase, you're just going to be like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this, these are, what is happening? What is going on? I'm struggling to just get through this chapter, but someone's told you, make sure you get past chapter four. The book is amazing after chapter four. So like, think about it that way. 
and and other chapters are going to be written and you'll have more power in how those chapters are written and and more control and more power so that you can look back on this and be able to say yeah i survived that i got through it i got through it and that let that be the only thing i remember cuz i don't want to remember anything else yeah. <laughs> i just want to remember that i got through it log it um, all out <laughs> and i know that we have a pandemic episode planned and i cannot wait to engage with you about what that time was like for you too i I am very, very, very interested to hear what that time was like for you because it was a yeah. very complicated time for me um, and my family. But wow. what it was like for you, I I can't wait for us to talk I think, about that. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. I know. So let me, I'll be honest with you. This episode... I'm not quite sure where it went or where where it's going. What do yeah. you think? Um, we kind of went all over the place. A think? lot of our emotions about pharmacy, I think. Yeah, I think we kind of yes. laid it all out. <laughs> which is which is good. I didn't didn't somebody give you the feedback of they wanted more like the tea in a way? Yeah. yeah. They did say they wanted the tea, but so, I mean, we talked about quite a few things today. I think overall, it's just, I think because American Pharmacist Month is like a time to reflect yeah. on the profession, on pharmacy, what's going great, what could be better. Um, but I think like all of what we've talked about here today, or, I, you know, for me, and I know for sure for you, it's just what we've been through, what we've experienced and what our wishes and our hopes and dreams are for this profession that we love. <laughs> like, I love, love being a pharmacist. I will choose it again. Yeah. If I, I would be a healthcare provider, I would choose pharmacy. I, I, I can't pharmacy. see myself being anything else. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but- yeah. So I, with that, right? I really did like our our reflection today though. I think that we opened up a lot and I always like vulnerability. I do. <laughs> I like I like being able to do that with you. So All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining in on this episode. Um if you enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe. Remember, we are available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And uh, rate, review the show. And this is how we're going to get the word out. Yes, we are available to connect with us on social media, on all of your favorite platforms. Um, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube rate 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 and review the podcast please yeah. it is how others find out about us mm-hmm. as well as you sharing on all of your social media platforms and the links and all of how you can do that for us we're going to be linked below on this episode yep the show until next time we got this, we got this. <laughs>